Outstanding. Another episode of the Russell. Week 12 in the books. Week 13 ahead. Making the push to the playoffs. I'm your host, C-Baby. Here with the law. No big Betsus today. Lance, how you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Let's jump right into things with the news. Yeah, so let's get into the bye weeks. We've got two teams still having their bye weeks this week. Uh, we got the Cardinals, who are looking to come out of the week healthier. Kyler Murray coming back, being able to play. Um, we got the Panthers, who are going into the bye week, um, figuring out ways to win in spite of themselves. Um, playing in some very close games, we'll see if that turns into anything. If anything, is hurting their draft stock. Um, they're not making it to the playoffs. Let's get into some of the injuries that we had this week. We had Etney has a left foot injury, waiting for more information. Uh, we'll see if that's a, just a sprain or if it's a low sprain or a high sprain, what that will mean for him. We've got Mooney. He's got the left ankle sprain. He's out for the season. That's a loss for the, the Bears. Allen Robinson, bone fracture, season ending. Rams can't catch a break. Nothing's that working for them on offense. We got Mitchell. He's got an MCL sprain, awaiting info. Could be that it's not so bad, and depending on the swelling, might be able to come back next week. Keep an eye on that. We've got Gordon being signed to the Chiefs. Is that going to mess with Pacheco and his uh, his fantasy points? Likely, you'll see Pacheco go back down to what he was uh, before Clyde's Edward Hilaire um, started uh, moving off the depth chart and being injured. Um, but then again, Gordon, how often is he going to have the ball? How often is he going to keep the ball? Other players to monitor because they were either out or injured this past week. Damian Harris did not play. Still iffy. Probably not playing. So keep an eye there. We've got Jacoby Myers, CMC, and Debo. It's like pairs of team members. We've got the New England Patriots <laughs> at two. We've got San Francisco at two. Yep. We got Chase missing another week. Um, I, I would be surprised if he plays next week, but keep an eye on that. Fields was day to day with his shoulder. We'll see if he's back next week. Mike Williams probably should wait another week, but that Charger offense really can't wait any longer. And Aaron Rodgers, he was injured during the game on Sunday. He came out eventually even though they put him back in after getting injured. Uh, Jordan Love stepped in, turned in a uh, one TD performance, but unfortunately it was in a losing effort. Um, Packers are likely almost out of a playoff spot. Uh, so that's all the injuries that we had this week. All right, all right. Let's keep it moving. We're going to get into this week 12 review, studs and duds. Starting with the QBs, and we'll have some discussions along the way. But we have top of the list, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, a surprising Mike White here for your New York Jets, Kyler Murray, Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson, Carr, and Smith. So a little bit longer list this week, but um, we have some quarterbacks balling out here. So... Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, bleh. Trevor Lawrence, Mike White, Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins, and Derek Carr, and obviously maybe Geno Smith 
all worth uh, a discussion. Who you want to start with here, Lance? Yeah, so Gino, Gino probably needs to move out of that discussion, right? He's a legitimate QB1 at this rate. Um, he is – let me actually look at the stats for the whole year now. He is likely in the top ten. Uh, he's top seven in most leagues um, after this week. He's putting in solid performances. He's above Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray, um, only by factor that Kyler Murray hasn't played in the last uh, – one to two games. Yeah. Um, but that still being said, uh, on a week-to-week basis, he also had a, his bye week already. Kyler's just having his bye week now. Um, he, he's a cool 30 points to add a Kyler in most leagues. Um, right behind Justin Fields, who was going off until he got injured, and Lamar Jackson. So that's a solid start there. And, and we should be keeping him in the conversation of the, the Lawrences and the uh, – the Whites. Lawrence, he's a top 12, 13 quarterback point-wise. Um, but him and him and Mike White are going to be similar in a sense that they're boomer bust. They're either going to be really good or they're going to be really bad. And that's what the Jets have to look forward to with Mike, uh, Mike White. As a fan, I'd rather have White, and I'm sure the defense would too. Because um, at least you know when he's bad, you know he's bad. But there's no good out of Zach Wilson. Uh, White's now got three three 300-yard passing games. Um, and, and Zach Wilson, in 20 starts, has only had one. Mike White's done, done it in five starts. I, I mean, just we know how bad he can be in some games, but we know how good he can be. Uh, it's, it's probably closer to the output of um, Mark Sanchez where he was good some weeks, he was terrible others, than, yeah. say, Sam Darnold, who was just terrible all the time. Um, yeah. Nobody nobody in that group, Darnold, White, Wilson, or Sanchez, are your franchise quarterbacks. Um, but that being said, you're either pushing for the playoffs this year or, or you're tanking. And it's a little too late to tank for the for the Jets at 7-4, and four, going on 8-4. and four. Um Some of those other people, Mac Jones, again, he, he's kind of in the same boat as White. Um, yeah, so all those guys, they're going to be on this list. And then next week, you'll see them on the other list. <laughs> um, um, we've usually talked about Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts at length. Um, Justin Herbert, he's off and on, I guess, of a discussion. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about? Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins. Before we move on, who's Fields on this list? Huh? I see Josh Allen, Herbert, but then right between Josh Allen and Herbert, you have Fields. Oh, I'm losing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he didn't play last week. <laughs> I meant to put Hertz there. I don't oh, know why I put Fields. <laughs> oh, look at you! Can't even. Do- differentiate he's like oh they're not uh, Dallas Cowboys they all look the same to me they're opposing quarterbacks Uh, running the ball you know it just I thought it was him this week because he kept doing it for the past couple of weeks but my apologies it's uh, not Fields Jalen Hurts Um, but yeah I don't 
Unless you want to talk about Derek Carr, we can move right into the running backs as I have a talking point there. No, let's go right to the running backs. All right. Josh Jacobs uh, oozes sit of the week last week. So, um, like we say, take our uh, advice with a grain of salt. But he probably heard ooze and said, I'm going to be the RB1 this week and show (laughs) him wrong and a lot of other people. So a whopping 44 fantasy points in PPR, half-point PPR. And let's just talk about him for a couple minutes. I always like Josh Jacobs, um, especially if you go zero RB, but I feel like he's not a fan favorite to most managers. But he's finished pretty good. He's currently RB5 in PPR. He's finished RB1 overall three times this season. Last season, he was RB11, 2020 RB8, and 2019, his first year, RB21. So I kind of don't get the hate around him. I didn't draft him this year, and I'm kind of upset I didn't, especially because he was falling in a lot of leagues. That fifth, sixth round, you could maybe get him, and that would be paying off good dividends now. But um, I don't I don't know what you think, Lance. You, you think I'm making stuff up? Is there hate? Is Are we stupid for not picking him, or is it just this? it is what it is, basically? I mean, I think the problem with Josh Jacobs is just the the way Vegas with with their car has always been. It's been one of those, they're either going to be run heavy or they're going to be pass heavy that week. Uh, and you can kind of look at his points and see that, right? First two weeks, he had seven and seven, and he had 13. And then he broke out with 33, 28, bye week, 35. So he had three legitimate big point weeks. And then right after that, he goes six and 10. And I think most fantasy owners look at that and, and that volatility scares them because at what point is it considered Josh Jacobs fault and they start going a different direction or is it just the game plan? Um, He's a good quarterback. He's a good running back. And if you're looking at his averages and where he ends up finishing, he always looks great. But it, but it, the details, the devil's in those details, and those details are very sporadic. Like, if you don't need 44 points from your running back, and you what you want is an average of 16, 17 points out of your running back, he's going to be hard for you because he's only, he's only typically averaging um, – what is he typically averaging? Uh, the average on here says 19.3, but that's, you know, a little inflated with some of these numbers where he was the RB1 overall. Yeah, he's got like 19.9 in one of my leagues. But that's the thing. He's the second highest scoring running back this year, right behind Eckler. And, and he's being drafted typically each and every year, fourth fourth, fifth round, third, fourth at the, uh, at the highest, where Eckler is being taken in the top 12. Correct. And, and then Derrick Henry is right behind. Does he deserve it? No. Um, would you still want that on your fantasy team? Yeah. But so, a lot of people look for that kind of stuff, and, and Josh Jacobs always scares them that way, because that's the way I think when I look at him. But honestly, it, it doesn't make much sense, because the guy delivers. He, he just delivers. It's just optically, it's just 
really hard um, to look at Josh Jacobs in that light because of of what he actually does from year to year, uh, so, from game to game. So real quick, let me ask you this. It's, it's somewhat mimicking a little bit of, at least this year, I'm not looking at previous years, but this Tyreek Hill almost of a running back, right? He'll come in, have a, what was it, like 40-point games, and then come back and give you like a one-point, two-point game. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the world that we live live in with Tyreek Hill. But yet, you know, he's going in the first, second round still, you know. So I, that's the way I kind of see it. Um, well, Tyreek Hill is kind of like Deshaun Jackson back in the day. Yeah, you, you like the fact that he puts up top five wide receiver numbers. But do you like the fact that you can get a goose egg one week because of hamstring issues or that you can get four, 44 points? I mean, I, as long as the, the average doesn't go so bad. Because look at the tight ends. Mark Andrews had some great weeks. He is arguably the second best tight end. But ignoring the average, it, just looking at what Kelsey gives you week in and week out, that is a guarantee 15 points. Whereas Mark Andrews got a lot of got a lot of goose eggs in there, so it, it's kind of the same thing. Um, and, and the running back, it's it's one of those things where you're you're always afraid. Uh, is Oakland going to be playing from behind? Is Las Vegas going to be playing from behind? And are they even going to be running that ball? Uh, and sometimes it's just it's everybody else but Josh Jacobs, and why we don't think about that stuff. And what did he say in an interview the other week? He said, I don't give an F about fantasy. And then he goes <laughs> out, he goes out and does a walk off touchdown run of like 60 plus yards. Yeah, I think it was like 80 <laughs> something. Yeah. So it, it's he doesn't care about fantasy, but boy does he deliver in it. Yeah. Well, it's something to monitor, I would say, going into your drafts next year. Obviously, like I said earlier, if you go zero RB, I don't see why not taking him, especially if you go like three or four wide receivers and he's still there in the fifth, sixth round. You could get something that could kind of benefit you in the running back because when you go zero RB, you're looking for running back flyers. And he kind of – He's got breakaway in. speed and and he's got poundage on him. He's 5'10", 220. That's big for a running back. Yep. And yet he's still got breakaway speed. So, I mean, it would be nice if the Raiders focused more on, on blocking for him and getting him those things. But he's doing it without. So, yeah, maybe next year we need to keep him a little bit higher on our draft boards or at least quietly keep it higher on our draft boards. Yep. All right. Uh, other running backs, we've got Miles Sanders with the two touchdowns versus Green Bay, Austin Eckler, James Conner, Brian Robinson, um, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, um, and Jamal Hasty. And I would assume Derrick Henry would be on this list if he did not fumble on the goal line. Um when he made that, like, I don't know, it was like 30, 40 yard run, and he kind of just fumbled on the goal line. And then someone else, Traylon Burks, picked up his touchdown. So if he would have just fell into the end zone, 
one more foot in that fumble, he'd probably be on this list as well. But um, yeah, he only ended up with he only ended up with that was a receiving yardage that wasn't even running. So he oh, he yeah. made most of his his uh, he ate mostly on catching yards. Yep. He had seventy nine on three catches, and he fumbled that one. And he had only 17 carries for 38 yards. Cincinnati stifled him in running. It was all the catching that actually helped him out. So, no, even with that, had that two points not been taken away and he got a touchdown, that's an eight-point swing. It would have pushed him up to 19, which probably would have put him on just above Rashad White. But, yeah, that's an eight-point swing for that running back there. So, uh, any of these guys you want to touch on? Eckler, Sandler's, Connor. Um, Sanders is interesting to me because he's he'll vulture touchdowns away from Jalen Hurts. Um, and then Brian Robinson, I mean, he's up here. He had a really tough run. Um, he was mm-hmm. a truck sticking people in, mm-hmm. to get to the end zone. I don't know if he's someone we should keep on our radar. Um, yeah, I mean, most people guys. most people took him off the waiver wire when he came out. Somebody to look for for picking up, especially if you're keeping an eye on what Etney is doing, is Shamickle uh, uh, Hasty, running back out of Jacksonville. He yep. had only a few yards running, not not much running, but he had 67 yards catching, five receptions, and that's where his touchdown came from. So he was only averaging like two yards a a, a rush. He mm-hmm. had 28 yards on 12 carries, which is not great. However, that was against Baltimore's defense, and he was able to, to chew it up with those catches out of the backfield. Um, who they're playing next week uh, and whether or not Etney is playing is going to determine whether or not you can use him. Playing against Detroit, probably going to be a highest scoring, uh, higher scoring game, so keep that in mind. Um when when going to your waiver wires this week and whether or not picking up him and putting him in your lineup is going to be useful. Yes, sir. All right. We're going to go to the wide receivers. Justin Jefferson this week. Uh, very good draft pick. If anyone has him, I do not, unfortunately. Garrett Wilson, Chris Godwin, uh, St. Brown. Zay Jones, T. Higgins, Christian Watson, and Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, McKenzie, Stefan Diggs, and Adam Thielen. So go ahead, Lance. Lead the way on these wide receivers this week. Yeah, so these wide receivers, uh, a lot of them are ones that are, are mercurial, right? Um, St. Brown was really good at the beginning of the season. Dropped off for a long time. Almost forgot he was even still in the NFL. And then he's back at it with a big performance. Um, So he had 122 yards plus the touchdown. Caught nine of ten passes. Um, Which is a great stat for him because he was only catching about 50% of his balls midway through the season. um, Capping off his big bad game in Green Bay where it was four for nine. But the last three games, he was 10 for 11, 7 for 8, and 9 for 10. Um, so that's going in the right direction. If if he was available still, if your your trade windows are still open, 
Um, maybe see if you can get him on there because they're playing against a bunch of bad defenses outside New York Jets coming up, going into the playoffs. They've got Jacksonville, Minnesota, and Carolina. Uh, so the, the Lions are going to be throwing big and hard in all those games. Uh, Garrett Wilson saw a change in his quarterback, saw a change in his stat line. Same thing with Elijah Moore. Um, both those guys had over 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, both those guys are going to be looking to the to the coach, to the bench, to make sure that those that quarterback situation is set. Uh, Garrett Wilson actually hauled in two touchdowns. Zay Jones, another darling from earlier on in the season, disappeared through the midway and is back with two good performances. He had 12 points against KC, and then he had 22 this past week against Baltimore. 11 for 14 targets, 145 yards, no touchdowns. But 145 yards and 11 catches is great for him, um, especially considering Baltimore's defense was tougher. Uh, they'll be playing Denver next, uh, Detroit next week, and Tennessee after that. They got two good games there. So Zay Jones, if he's available, he's available in one of my leagues. And you need somebody because maybe you lost Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. Now you need another receiver. You might be somebody you want to look for. Isaiah McKenzie, another guy. He has a, a good week. He had two weeks where he had two touchdowns. He had a touchdown in each of those weeks. And then he hasn't had a touchdown again until this week. So what's that say about Isaiah McKenzie? He's only getting points when he's getting those touchdowns. Also, this is the first game he actually came close to 100 yards. Um, he went 10 of 6. Not a great stat. 6 of 10 is only 60% of his catches. Only 60% of the passes he caught. Um, so Buffalo has been kind of that way. Um, especially since Josh Allen's been hurt. It's it's one of those things where it's either Gabe Davis is getting something or he's not. McKenzie is getting something or he's not. Um, so you really can't count on McKenzie. Just don't even really look for him. Christian Watson, um, without that touchdown on that long pass, um, on, on that short pass that he took across the field, he wouldn't have had much. Um so that's not a good look for him. That was about a 60-yard catch and run for a touchdown. That's that's about 12 of his 17 points. Um, could be better, could be worse. Um, but, again, most people have already picked him up to one of them. Uh, I wouldn't go out of your way for that guy. Uh, and the only one on here that um, may see a drop in, it's good to see Adam Thielen mention again, but don't expect this week in and week out from him. I think he was just dealing with the fact that the Vikings love playing on Thanksgiving. <laughs> T. Higgins, on the other hand, Jamar Chase is back. Expect him to have his production cut. Uh, he's benefiting from the fact that he's the wide receiver right now. He went from 7-9 with 114 yards and a touchdown. Um, but beyond that, uh, He's only been doing that since Jamar Chase has come down with some injury. He hasn't really had great games beyond that. Well said, well said. All right, our favorite uh, position, tight ends. Uh, Dalton Schultz leading the way. Josh Oliver, not Mark Andrews on the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. Hunter Henry snuck in here. Travis Kelsey. We've got Hawkinson and Jordan Aikens 
from Houston and a couple other guys who kind of were close. Uh, and Joku had a touchdown and Monroe from Las Vegas with Waller out. So Schultz is good. Uh, this is kind of what people expected from him when he finished, I believe, third last year overall tight end. Um, Josh Oliver is interesting because it seemed like he was targeting him most of the game. Uh, Hunter Henry will do this, have a good game, not have a good game. And then Travis Kelsey, obviously, is Travis Kelsey. But we don't have to spend too much time here. But anything mm, to note or mention here? Uh, Yeah, Oliver might be interesting if you need somebody, um, especially if you you lost Zach Ertz and you're still reeling on figuring out who to put in. Um, But don't get your hopes too high. They're going against Denver this next week, and one of two things can happen. Denver – Denver's defense is good, number three overall in the league. Um, so that could spell bad news for the Denver uh, for Baltimore's offense. Uh, and Baltimore's offense has already got bad news of themselves. They're having a struggle playing against any team right now. Um, injuries and just inconsistency at the wide receiver position has put a lot of pressure on both Andrews and Lamar Jackson to actually come up with plays. And the fact that they don't even know who their running back is on any given day. The injuries have really hurt in Baltimore. Um, but at the same time, some of us may have noticed that the defense is getting a little bit of high, high strung and worn out from having to be on the field so often for Denver. So we could start seeing the bend and not break actually breaking. We could see this defense actually snap. Uh, Parcel Parcel had yelled at Russell Wilson. We have no idea what he said, but most people speculated something like, "If only you would effing ride." Um, and <laughs> and Wilson was saying something like, "I know, I know, I know how to ride." Um, yeah. So if if any of that is true, if it wasn't just him aggravated with the fact that he got a penalty on that previous play, and there's actually discord on the team and we're just not projecting it because we have discord and family and fancy football then that defense could be in for a bad week and those tight ends might be in that tight end being josh oliver for baltimore but the thing to keep in mind there is josh oliver is clearly the second tight end uh and we know how hard it is for second tight ends to eat in this league um we haven't seen a two tight end duo do well in fantasy since rookie season of Aaron Hernandez and Josh uh, and um, Gronkowski. So we're not expecting two tight ends to really be putting up top 10 numbers um, on any given team. So. All right. Let's go to the bad now. Uh, Duds of the week. We had. (laughs) Honestly, no quarterbacks. I'm not going to mention Russell Wilson. Um, well, here's here's a dud, and, and this yep. is a dud for anybody who was watching the game. Tua Tagaloa, right? Well, I, I was going to mention him. Yeah, he only played half the game. I mean, yep. Houston. We expected more, so we we thought maybe Houston would keep them 
and lower the fantasy points for Miami this week. Little did we know Miami was going to jump out to such a huge lead based on turnovers and a defense scoring touchdowns that they didn't even need to be in the game anymore from the third quarter on. So Tyree Kill and Tua got pulled from the game. And Waddle was still in there, but the backup quarterback was fumbling the ball and not able to get it yeah. out. Um, it was their third string quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater was actually um, DMP this week because of illness. So it was not a good sign for Miami because of the embarrassment of Riches, essentially. Not, not bad play. It was just they were so good they couldn't be used. Yeah. So quick funny story. I am in my family league and I won, I guess, my second year, maybe third year in it. Because of the fact that they started pulling the starters out in the mm. championship week because they were at such a, you know, advantage. Yeah. I think it was like Carlson Palmer or someone along those lines where it was just like they all started congratulating my opponent in the group text. And they're like, yeah, congratulations. Next thing you know, it's like the game's not over. They're pulling the starters and my team is like going off getting garbage time. So it's not about, uh, you know, necessarily how you win, but if you win. And uh, sometimes these weird things happen. So yep. let's go to the running backs, though. Um, don't want to spend too much time on these quarterbacks, especially Russell Wilson. But this week, Etney got hurt. CMC didn't do much, and I think he got hurt as well. Cook only gave you about seven points. Michael Carter, Kamara, Pierce again for another week of disappointment. Um, are you worried about anybody straight off the bat who is not injured, obviously? Pierce. Pierce put in another dud of a performance, right? And he didn't look good out there in the, the game against Miami. Um, he was dropping short passes. He was not able to do anything. I'm not sure if it's just the quarterback play. Uh, they did put in a backup. They did not start Mills. They started somebody else. Um, but it didn't really matter. Uh, he wasn't doing good a few weeks ago either. He, he put in a few bad games. Um, I don't see him turning it around. So if you've got another piece to put in there to replace him, uh, I would start looking into that, getting Pierce on your bench. Maybe not dropping him, but, but at least getting him on the bench until they figure something out because we already know Houston's out of the hunt. It's just a question of are they going to keep running this running back? Um, we saw Rex Burkhead unfortunately get hurt. Um, parted off the field, I think he had a head injury, concussion likely going to be out. Um, with that being said, it, Nobody's taking his touches. He's just not doing anything with his touches. Another person, Kamara. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what we expected out of Kamara, but we certainly aren't getting that. A lot of people drafting him in the second round, even in the first round, got to be kicking themselves. We knew to a certain extent last year what this was going to look like without Sean Payton, without, without Drew Brees. Uh, that really should have been our indication of what Kamara's career is going to look like. Um, so we had a warning. Uh, we, most of us just didn't heed that. 
So Kamara is probably burning a hole in a lot of people's pockets. Uh, Michael Carter, look, there was a reason why Brees Hall took over. Um, however, they drafted, they uh, traded for somebody else. That guy's not really working out either. We've got another running back. They were they were flaunting on game. Um, yeah, he's essentially lost his job to anybody who has legs. Um, so that being <laughs> said, Michael Carter's not a start. All right. Uh, wide receivers. I just want to double check something. So I was going to say A.J. Brown. I was watching. I was doing this in the middle of the game, so he kind of <laughs> bounced back. But uh, we have Scary T- Terry, Debo, who got hurt. Mike Evans, who could have had a walk-off um, touchdown run in overtime, which would have saved a lot of fantasy owners. Probably if he caught it, ran it into the touchdown because he beat his man. Probably 12 points right there on top of whatever he had. Um, Juju. Mooney got hurt. Tyler Boyd with Chase being out was projected high points and obviously anyone else I missed, but any concerns here? Um, on that list, no. I mean, the, the injuries are always concerned. Juju, uh, he wasn't great before he, let, he got hurt, so nothing really there. Scary Terry, probably just a down week. Uh, it'll be fixed next week. Um, so nothing really to worry about these guys just yet. Quick question on Mike Evans, as we do share him in a couple in, in a league. Mm-hmm. He's always been a thousand yard receiver, very go-to for um, Tom Brady or Jameis Winston in past. But do we, see him declining do we see him not being that thousand yard receiver next year next year next year maybe maybe he will be again this year i don't think he's going to get there and and that's just based on the strength of what he's got to go through coming out of here right so what does he have for the season so far um he is is my subtotals. He is position uh, wide receiver eighteen. He has why can I not see totals? Yeah, I got the same issue. <laughs> like, what's going on here, guys? Now, let me change this. He has in half point. He has 111 fantasy points. He has 702 receiving yards and 51 receptions and 85 targets and only three touchdowns. Only three touchdowns. This is going to hurt. Um, only three touchdowns. He's also got – what has he got? He's got 702 receiving. He's he's got 700 yards. He's still projected to have a thousand by ESPN standards. But let let's just start here, right? Um, for the last five games, he's only got 344 yards. That 344, if he got that for the next the next few, would put him over top of the 1,000. However, this is the issue that I see coming up. 
He plays New Orleans next week. Oh, if gosh. he if he makes it the whole game, <laughs> I would be surprised because I might go on to uh, I might go on to DraftKings and see if I can bet on whether or not he makes it to the game. See if I can. Bet. <laughs> Because, first off, he's playing against Lattimore. Lattimore is his kryptonite, first off. So if he gets out of there with more than 30 yards receiving, I'd be surprised. Which, ironically, is a, a roughly what he got against Cleveland this past week. Two of nine. Two of yep. nine for 30 yards. 31 yards. Four points. So that just gets him another 30 yards, right? He's going to need a lot more out of the rest of the season, right? So he's got... Right after that, he plays San Fran, which is going to be a tough game. Uh, San Fran's defense against wide receivers isn't the best. It's about middle of the pack. But defensive front is pretty hard. So we already know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have an issue with their offensive line. Chris Godwin's come back healthy. Um, him and uh, Tom Brady's rapport has been getting stronger. If another week with – Mike Evans having an issue with Lattimore and not being able to produce and Brady leaning on and trusting Godwin, it might just spell a lot less targets going over to Mike Evans. Not to say that Mike Evans doesn't deserve targets, but then he's got Cincinnati after that. Tougher team. Um, it's going to be maybe even a tighter score. Um, Tampa Bay's also not had a lot of games over – 25 points. So there's not going to be a whole lot of points for him either. Then he's got Arizona. So he's got four games where he's playing middle of the pack or higher. If you look at New Orleans with Lattimore, um, that's going to be slightly worse than the rest of the pack. But considering Mike Evans doesn't produce against Lattimore, you might as well count that as better than half the pack. They close out the league out the season with Carolina and Atlanta. Atlanta has not gotten any better throughout the year. They, they're just terrible. However, Carolina has been putting into a better team game the last couple of weeks. They could potentially be a harder, a harder uh, test. So if I had to bet over under whether Mike Evans was getting to a thousand this year, I would bet the under. Also, if I had to bet whether or not he was going to end up with eight or less, Touchdowns, he's certainly getting less than eight because they would need to get anywhere between almost close to one a game to close out the season. He's got six weeks. He's got to put this together in. Um, so it's not it's not looking great. Uh, for a lot of the people who are drafting him in the second and third round, this is a hard sell. This is, a, this is something that they didn't want to deal with. They thought this was going to be a solid receiver for them. Uh, it certainly be anything but solid. Um, and unfortunately, the last few weeks, seven, eight, four. That's that's not what you want out of your your. If you want running back, running back, your first wide receiver off the board. Oh man, he's gonna have me rethinking and picking him next year. That's for sure. Especially because you don't know who's throwing to. Exactly right. So Tom Brady is not under contract next year. Correct, and hopefully we don't have this whole game of I'm retired, not retired, retired, and not retired again. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep the... – Well, he might need more money because if <laughs> I understand it correctly, he's lost a couple million on that. Uh... <laughs> uh, if 
people do not know, FTX has uh, been an issue for Tom Brady. So um, he may need to go play again just to get back some more of his money <laughs> that he lost. Especially but, after that divorce. That that as well. So uh, we won't stay too long on tight ends. Literally just going to point out uh, George Kittle only had 3.5 points. He was projected about nine in ESPN half point. So like we've been saying and said, especially last week, tight ends, just a crazy game. And it's something you got to consider going into next year um, very highly. As the NFL changes, you got to change with it for your fantasy point purposes. Go ahead, Lance. Yeah, Kittle, Kittle's, like we said last week, it's, it puts up a big week and then he disappears. I mean, he's got more games below 10 points than he has above 10 points. And that's ignoring if you count the two weeks that he was injured to start off the season. Mm-hmm. So he had 5, 3, 6, then 13, 18, 11. Then a bye week, two, 21, and four. If you count that, he's got he's got six weeks below eight points. Yep. Six weeks below actually six weeks below six points. So that's not that's not useful. And that and that's counting the fact that he's also got two weeks of zeros because he was injured. That kind of stuff. Kittle was, I think, the number of four or five tight end off most boards. Um, it really depended on people taking Kittle over top of Pitts, another dud, or Waller, um, which Waller was goodish before he was injured. I, honestly, I know we said this before, but unless a tight end really super falls to me, I'm just not taking him. Like, I'm not even going to consider it unless it's Kelsey. What, what would you consider fall? Mark – or no, Mark Andrews is too tough. Let's say, say – Say Mark Andrews fell to you in the board. See, I think last year he was going no, – Knowing the, he was going in the second. Knowing he was going in the second, but he fell to you in the fourth. But I think last year he was going in the fifth or the sixth before he had the big year. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it had to be like something like that, like fifth, sixth round. Because I'd rather take a shot with the raw receiver. So, okay, here's a good example. Me and Cody are in a league with a friend named Jordan. um, And he got Mark Andrews. You know, this is the year prior. He got Mark Andrews in the six. I got Jamar Chase in the six. And it's a keeper league. So he kept Andrews. I kept Jamar Chase. And so obviously now Jamar Chase is injured. And so we're kind of in the same boat. But like, I would much rather have Jamar Chase as my keeper than Mark Andrews, if that makes sense. But like, you know, here we are. He got him in the sixth round. He would have to be, you know, Something like that. It would have to be very, like, low. Like, even lower than the fourth. Yeah, because be be it's so hard to determine what, what is considered a fall, right? For me, there's no such thing as a fall for a tight end. 
there's no such thing as a fall for a tight end. Really? Um, not not in the conventional sense, right? If you had a running back who was who was first round, second round, but he was in the fourth round available to you at the beginning of the fourth round, you would consider, oh, I got that guy for a steal. Correct. Why why is Kamara still on the board in the fourth round? Ignoring what we know of what Kamara did this year. Correct. Same thing with the wide receiver. Why is Tyreek Hill sitting here in the fourth round? Is solidly a second round wide receiver. Why am I seeing him at the end of the fourth round? He fell to me. That's right. the same logic, though, as saying, "Well, why why don't I take a swing at Mark Andrews at the beginning of the fifth? Like, there's there's just a certain trade off between what you could be getting and what you are getting. You literally, like, in the fourth round. Fourth round, if, if the wide receiver puts up an average stat line for you, he's putting up 10 points a game, and you're like, well, I guess that's okay. But he could put up a 20. He could be putting up 17, 18, 20 points a game. And that's what I'm hoping for, dropping from the first round, second round, to the fourth round. But that's not the same thing with the tight end, which you're seeing in draft wars going in the second round to be picking him up in the fourth. If he's not named prime Gronkowski, prime uh, prime Travis Kelsey, private, uh, prime um, tri- uh, why can't I think of his name? Zach Ertz. Prime yeah. Zach Ertz. Not, not current Zach Ertz. Prime Zach Ertz. Yeah. yeah. Those, prime Antonio Gates. Those guys, yes. You take them as high as the second, third round. And no way or fashion should you be taking him in the first. And you really shouldn't. You should be really be thinking about it in the second round. Are you positive this guy's still prime? Still in his prime? Like, I might have to have that conversation with myself next year with Kelsey. Is he still in his prime? And I'm going to pay attention to the playoffs in the end of the season. Um, and I don't know. I, I might have had that conversation with myself this year, too. But I convinced myself he was still in his prime which so far this year he has. But for tight ends, it's so hard to say the same thing for that you would for a running back or a wide receiver because that there's just a clear drop-off between what you could have put in as a tight end and what you're actually got by drafting him in the second, third, fourth round. Correct. Even fifth, sixth, and seventh round. I mean, I don't really want to touch anything that is considered a drop to me until the eighth round when it, when it, Relates to tight ends. I would not have taken Darren Waller in the sixth, seventh round. I may have thought about him in the eighth, only because I felt confident in the rest of the people I put in my slots. But I would not have taken him before the before the eighth round. Very true. Very true. And the same thing would have been for Mark Andrews. I would not have taken anything with Mark Andrews before the eighth round. Eighth Kelsey round. is the only one that I would not let out of the third round. Mm. We we can talk about this all night, all night, but let's keep it moving. Tight ends, guys, just something to consider going into next year. You heard our thoughts and concerns. You got to take it in consideration. Well, let's get into the starts and sits. Week 13. Uh, Lance, you can start us off, and I will – uh, end the show with mine. 
since Ooze is not here. So go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So I start for quarterbacks. This is the week that Deshaun Watson is coming back. Pay attention to whether or not they put him in. Uh, it sounds like he's getting first team reps. Um, we saw Houston is vulnerable to the pass. Um, we knew that they had a good defense, but it may have been a factor of playing one dimensional teams, um, one dimensional quarterbacks. So with Tua and that Miami team, they were able to show that they can get on, they can get on that Houston team. They don't have a solid QB in there. That defense, that team looks demoralized. Um, so Deshaun Watson coming in there, being able to throw to Mari Cooper, who looks rejuvenated out in Cleveland. Being able to dump off to Chubb, being able to dump off to Kareem Hunt, being able to throw across the field to Njoku. Expect Deshaun Watson to do good things. Right now, he's projected to have the second most points at a quarterback this, this week in the CBS. Um, so look for him uh, to put into your lineups. My start for running back is Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, another week. With Harris being hurt, another week with golden opportunities for himself. Um, so keep an eye on it, the fact that Harris is probably likely still day-to-day, but likely probably not going to play this coming Sunday. He's probably still too hurt for that. Another one to – and a lot of my starts and a lot of my sits are dependent. We're at the part of the season where there's so many things up in the air, so many injuries, so many coaching carousels and starter carousels that – this stuff is going to really determine how these fantasy points come out of these players. So Jets wide receivers, Garrett Wilson and Elijah Wilson, uh, Elijah Moore. If Mike White is not, is starting, these guys should be considered being pulled off, pulled off the bench, put into your lineup. If, however, Mike White is not starting, and it's anybody but Mike White, even if it's Joe Flacco, Probably don't start Elijah and consider Garrett a non-starter, especially if it's Zach Wilson. I don't think him and, and Garrett see eye to eye at all. Um, another one, tight end. Keep in mind, if Justin Fields is a go, Justin Fields' shoulder, he's able to start this week. Cole Komet was having a great season. As Justin Fields was starting to open it up by running it and then dumping it off when he wasn't going to run. Cole Komet was catching a lot of those balls, so see an uptick in his point production if Fields is in the game, and he's healthy enough to do that. If not, Foster Moreau, out of Las Vegas. In Waller's absence, he's been taking over the wide receiver, uh, the tight end um, duties. He's been picking it up on a better clip. Past week, he put up pretty decent numbers just outside of the studs, um, but decent tight end numbers. I think he had 9, 10 in most leagues. Um, my sit this week, Lamar Jackson. He's playing against Denver. It's a tough defensive line. I, I know they took some starters out, but if, the, if Denver is able to get their mindset right again, uh, Lamar Jackson could be in for a bad week. Uh, another uh, sit for me is running back Jonathan Taylor playing against Dallas. This is going to be a game where Indianapolis is going to need to throw the ball. Indianapolis's front line is going to be dealing with Makai Par- uh, Parsons. Parsons. Yeah, it's not going to be a good game for them. Um, 
no matter who the quarterback is, it's not going to be a good look. Uh, Jeff Sarri is probably not going to call too many running plays if that offensive line is not being able to handle defensive line of Dallas. Another sit, said this earlier, Mike Evans. Lack of production. He's going to be going against his kryptonite, um, Mark Slattimore. And I would be surprised if he even plays the whole game if he's not thrown out at some point. He's been thrown out of half the games he's played in the last two years against the Saints. Um, 50-50 shots, not a good shot. Um, so let's just start off with the fact that he was thrown out in the second quarter of the game that's earlier this year. Um, if anything, Lattimore is going to see what he was able to get under his skin and just keep going at him. That's just the way Lattimore plays, and that's just the way Mike Evans – Mike Evans is like a cup with a handle, and Lattimore just keeps picking him up and moving him out of the zone. <laughs> my tight end sit for this week Austin Hooper he's playing against the Eagles uh, look for that game to be a big running game the Eagles put up 373 yards rushing against Green Bay they're going to try and do the same thing this week against the Tennessee Titans and the Titans are going to try and go their running style against um, that bad semi-bad up in the air running defense uh, Philadelphia I know they signed two people. They signed Sue. They signed the other guy to try and shore up that run defense. But uh, look for Tennessee to keep laying into what they're good at. It's not going to be a high-passing game, so I don't expect Austin Hooper to get really involved there. So I'm looking for him not to be useful in the starting lineup. Very strong sits I see here this week. I'm going to make mine quick. They're very, I guess, uh, number-based and strategical based on matchup. Um, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence at QB. I like this game he had last week. He's really showing why he became a – you know, he was the number one overall pick. And um, he's playing Detroit. And like we've mentioned on the show before, Detroit, when they're in the games – the over-unders are very inflated, and the QBs, um, you know, score a lot of points. They they give up the most points, fancy points to QBs. So Trevor Lawrence, I feel like it's a good start this week, especially if you're having issues uh, elsewhere, you know, with your quarterbacks, maybe Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and the list goes on. We talked about Pierce earlier. And I feel like hopefully this is a, you know, fingers crossed start. Um, they're playing the Browns second most uh, points of running backs. And if the Texans want a chance to win, they need to remember we got to run this good rookie running back that we got. Um, he runs hard. Yes, he's had a couple bad weeks, but that's the only way for them to, you know, turn us around is if they give them the ball, feed him the ball and, you know, run. Um, so hopefully this game reflects that and you can use him as a flex start. He's not a RB one or two, but you hopefully someone can throw in as a flex start. Pickens versus Atlanta. Second most points are given up to wide receivers by Atlanta. Um, I think he's had a touchdown in the last three games. He's been a, at least a wide receiver two or three in most of his recent games. And hopefully that continues. Um, Evan Ingram versus Detroit. Detroit gives up the third most points to tight ends. 
Um, I was hoping for some Evan Ingram magic this week. Uh, Doug Peterson likes to use the tight end. We saw that when he was in Philly. And um, if Trevor Lawrence goes off, hopefully he will have at least one connection to Ingram for a touchdown. My sits this week, Ryan Tannehill versus Philadelphia. Uh, you saw it happen to Aaron Rodgers last night. Even though they scored 30-some points, he only had 11 fantasy points and got injured. Uh, Philadelphia gives up the least points to QBs. And if they want to win, just like I mentioned with Damian Pierce, they're going to have to have Derrick Henry run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Yes, he was involved in the passing game, but uh, like Lance alluded to earlier, he only had about 38 rushing, and that's not typical King Henry. He needs to run the ball, rush it, and if they want to win, it's probably not going to be through the air. And, you know, obviously Philadelphia has been very good, only team 10-1. and one. And so they need to utilize Derrick Henry, and that probably will take away from Ryan Tannehill. Um, running backs, Miami running backs, they've been very startable the past few weeks. Uh, getting you a touchdown here or there, making big runs. Um, the offense is clicking. Um, but San Francisco gives up second least points to running backs. I don't see them being involved as much this week. It might be the um, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle show coming up and so that means Miami running backs will not be you know featured or having a lot of fantasy relevance this game along those lines Baltimore Rye receivers versus Denver Lance said it earlier Denver is the best uh, defense in the league right now they give up second least to wide receivers for fantasy points and it kind of seems like Lamar Jackson kind of finds a different target to throw to each week. This week it was Oliver. Last week it was, I believe, Robinson. The week before that, Mark Andrews or DuVernay. And obviously he has the running capability. So be very wary of your Baltimore wide receivers this week just because of the Denver defense and um, what I just mentioned about Lamar Jackson. And to just kind of keep our theme going with the tight ends, I mean, honestly, there's like half of the tight ends that are starting that you probably could just, you know, close your eyes and pick a tight end. So you can, I don't really have a good sit. I just going to say most of half of the league of tight ends because that's kind of what happens each week. Who would have thought? Uh, Oliver would have been your starting or your second scoring highest tight end this week. Nobody. Um, so take tight end as a, with a grain of salt and, you know, just look for a good matchup and cross your fingers and pray to your fantasy guys. <laughs> yeah. And actually this is a good thing. Um, the Miami San Francisco game may be very interesting, right? Head yep. coach and offense mind of Miami right now came from San Francisco. That Correct. coaching staff knows him very well. Now it is a different, different ish type of offense, but it might be, it might be similar enough 
that they actually cause an issue for Mike McDaniels and Tua and the rest of the Miami offense. So it could be one of those spoiler games where San Fran is able to stifle the Miami offensive attack. So I, I don't know if some of those other, uh, not just the running backs, Mostert is hurt, may not be able to play. Uh, Wilson um, might be might be benchable this week. Um but also possibly the wide receivers and the quarterback might be somebody may need to fade. If you've got a better option, maybe, maybe think, do I really want Waddle or Hill in there? Do I really want Tua in there if I've got a better option on my bench? Very well said. Well, we made it. We made it without Ooze, who's at, I believe, a family dinner. Yeah, that's what he said earlier. And... You weren't invited. None of us. <laughs> none of our listeners. None of us. You hear that, Ooze? You need to be more considerate of us and the listeners. Mm. But uh, speaking of dinners, I didn't even mention Thanksgiving earlier, so I hope all of our listeners had a very good Thanksgiving and hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope your turkey was juicier than the, the bite Adam Thielen got. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> I don't think your grandmother would appreciate you spitting the turkey on the floor. <laughs> Oh, man. That was hilarious. But um, it's been real from the Russell. We will be here next week. We will keep you going into your playoffs. Hopefully you're making that last final push, especially if you're like middle of the pack or, you know, just above 500, just below. And, um, you know, stay tuned. Check out the rest of Roster Up uh, teams and shows going on all the time. A lot of posting and um content flowing at all times but it's been a lot of hosting and boasting (laughs) exactly right but it's been real from the russell peace